Welcome to the Super Charmer Podcast, the podcast that will give you that edge in your social interactions. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be talking specifically about whether or not it's a good idea to be dating your coworkers. Enjoy, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, who is he? Wait, is he coming over here? Veronique, we are here. We are back live today at the uh, at the studio with you and me. Well, we have Veronique Pivetta, the three principles coach, and we have the Wuist, the super charmer. And today, as always, we do this show live on Fridays at a.m. 8 a.m. Pacific time. Whether you show up or not, and so <laughs> and so far, I did not tell anyone about the show today but we're going to continue <laughs> on anyways so what very, patrick means yeah. is yes. from now on we're going to record this show every friday at 8 a.m and you're very welcome to join us if you want to ask us a question live and get ah, some live coaching that's right and soon <laughs> who knows maybe that will will expire and you'll never get that chance again so be quick yes jump on well veronique the first question I have for you today, or let's, let's start off with a theme that I'm going to be talking about today. And the theme today is about taboo dating. Taboo dating. Yes. So one of the things that I've seen from a lot of men, a lot of women, is that they like to go after things that they can't have. Mm. And I'm actually kind of curious on your, on, on your thoughts on this. But one of the first things that I had written for questions is, what do you think about dating coworkers or dating people in the coworking space? Um, well, I think uh, it really depends on on your situation because in um, in a couple of companies where I have worked, it was actually not. A problem uh, to date co-workers and and like actually some some of the companies where I've worked people you know were like married or had short or long relationships uh, with co-workers so that was not actually like a thing oh um, so wait so were, were people the people know about it like did other co-workers yeah. know about it oh they did yes I see so um, I don't know. In the U.S., is it like absolutely taboo to date someone you're working with? Well, a lot of people get kind of nervous about it because, like, mm. just because they're at the co-working. I mean, they're they're coworkers and they see each other all the time. Mm -hmm. So that means that if it doesn't go well, mm -hmm. they have to awkwardly pass by each other all the time. <laughs> And that's what, yeah. and that's what people think about a lot of the time. They're like, oh, "Well, should I date this person? Well, they're my coworker." Yeah, I see how it could um, add a bit of thinking to the dating journey, you know, because you would constantly be maybe entertaining the thought, like, "What if this doesn't work out? Would it be awkward? What will I tell my boss?" You know, <laughs> like so. Like from my perspective as a, as a three principles coach, the only thing I see about that is that, you know, it might, you know, lead to some extra thinking on your part, you know. Mm. Um, but the other thing that comes up is I think as long as you have 
clear agreements about what you're going to do and why and how. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be a problem to date a coworker. I think where problems begin is maybe if you don't have the same kind of um, philosophy about dating. Like, you know, like one person thinks they're dating for marriage and the other person just dates for sex, you know, and then that's like a big misunderstanding, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then they, they kind of have to be confronted with each other at work every day. And that, that would be difficult. That, that's kind of a scenario that came up for me. So now it. I'm kind of curious when you said that. So mm -hmm. what do you mean? So do peep to both people have to be on the same page in, in terms of dating for the same thing? So like dating for well, sex or dating for marriage? What I mean is you'd have to be really, well, I think you, I always encourage people to be just really transparent and honest and kind of relaxed when they date, you know, without like playing games or, you know, manipulating or anything like that. But I think it's particularly important when you're colleagues and coworkers, that's what I mean, you know, like just make sure you're really, um, you're real mm -hmm. and just make sure you don't, try to kind of manipulate someone or you know, make sure you're not like too mysterious about <laughs> why you like the person or you know like it's the more open and transparent you'll be the less it might lead to some awkward moments down the line that's the mm -hmm. general truth i think in dating mm -hmm. yeah well i think i've mentioned um, maybe i have mentioned this to you before but i remember there was one time when i went out with this guy this guy hired me as a wingman mm. and and this uh, and, and he went out with me and one of the things that he he said to me when we were out to to meet women this one guy said well he, he kept lying about his age the whole time mm. so 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 That's every time nice he start <laughs> yeah he's like and I, I asked him well why are you why are you lying about your age it's like well yeah. I mean everyone's younger here and I don't want to be, I don't want to be weird. Mm. Like, I don't want to be the weird guy. So, so he starts off from that non-transparent place. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's pretty terrible to start from that place. But and, well, it would be less yeah. enjoyable for yourself as well, because you would, instead of starting off and saying, hey, I'm just going to be myself and I'm just going to, enjoy myself and you're you're going to have to keep up this lie like you're going to need to keep something in mind you know to say oh you know i have to remember that i'm 28 or like whatever age you <laughs> picked you know like and in conversation like when he talks about where he studied and when he studied and like like when he went on a trip or whatever he constantly will have to recalibrate for like the age gap that he created yeah. in his well, story you know so that's just going to add some pressure on his dating experience, I think. Yeah, I always think that it's way more difficult when you lie, just because you have yeah. to keep up with all the lies. So you have to be someone who's really good at memorizing exactly. your lies. Yeah, you need special skills uh, if you're going to date with like made up stories about yourself, <laughs> mm -hmm. because you're going to need to remember what you said to this person, because you might give different versions of the story to every, every person. So, you know, you might, you might actually make up a different age every time you meet someone. So it's going to be really stressful to kind of remember 
who you're pretending to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whereas if you're just coming from a place of I'm just being myself and I'm going to be as honest and transparent as, and truthful as possible, there's no pressure because we can usually remember like what's just true for us. Mm -hmm. And if what's true for us changes in a moment, we can also just say that honestly, like, well, like actually right now, this feels true to me, but you know, maybe next week it will look different, but this is what it looks like to me today. And then you have the right to change your mind as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I, well, I agree with you on that. And I think it's also a lot easier to, to, mm. to do it then because so, sometimes when we have insecure thinking, we end up lying about certain things. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't thought about that in a while, actually, like, um, lying when you're dating. <laughs> no, what I, 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 I don't think I, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I ever lied when dating, but I, I did, uh, I'm going to be really honest here. I did not like did um like withhold information. You know, like mm -hmm. I I didn't lie, but there were things I wouldn't say. You sure. Know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of the the hypocrite version of lying sure. when you're dating. You know. Well, well, I remember my my old girlfriend. She once told me, "Well, I'm I will withhold information." But that's because you didn't ask me. Yeah, no, that's pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, which was like, but at the same time, yeah, that's like a really difficult thing to kind of pinpoint. Like, well, when do you tell someone, you know, a terrible thing about you or, or what is withholding information anyways? Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. It's not black and white, is it? It's, it's yeah, that, like, that's kind of the, the really gray area to that. Uh, so I wanted to get back to today, though, because of the theme of, yeah. of taboo dating, mm -hmm. doing things, going after people that we shouldn't be going after, or maybe, maybe it just looks that way. Mm -hmm. So do, would you say that men are more attractive when they're already dating someone? or when, they're, when they have a girlfriend, or if they're married, for instance, do, do their attractiveness level all of a sudden skyrocket? Well, there, there's no definite answer to that. I think depending on the woman or the man looking at this person, being with someone else might be considered more or less attractive. Um, you know, like for some people, someone who's already married is definitely not attractive. And for someone else, someone who's already married is like more attractive than someone who wouldn't be married. Um, so really that depends on kind of the thought system of the person who's looking and how they define attractive and like mm. a, a good um, catch or, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I think what's interesting to consider is that if you're in a happy relationship, you know, if you're happy with your mate and like you have a, a good thing going, you are probably going to be more attractive because you, you're going to kind of glow like from like the happiness you're experiencing. You know, like you're, you're going to look like a, like a, like a happy, warm, um, loving person. 
you know, you're, you're going to, and you're not going to look needy or desperate or, so those are things that would probably be considered attractive um, by most people. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are attracted to happy, contented, um, satisfied people. So if you are actually in a, in a nice relationship and you are happy, satisfied, contented, then definitely that could contribute to your attractiveness. Mm-hmm. That's a no-brainer, I think. That's, that's definitely true. Because yeah, I've noticed that whenever like, people have you know, girlfriends or boyfriends or, or whatnot, all of a sudden they become like, well, you know, they, they become so much like, freer in their mind. Like, mm. they, they, they stop kind of like, going to search and destroy mode. Yeah. And all of a sudden... They 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 are they have less on their mind. They le- they have less thinking, mm-hmm. and they seem to just attract everyone around them. Now I know this kind of to be true to me too. Even especially, let's say if I'm going to a place with uh, with, with women, or mm-hmm. if I'm going to like a bar or a club or or ju- just any party with with like someone I'm dating or something. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like when I'm with one person, all of a sudden it's like everyone's coming to me instead of me like, mm. s- like, like searching for them yeah. and, and me being really in my mind. So, so I'm just kind of curious if, if that's kind of like your experience as well. Yeah, definitely. And I love the way you described it because it's um, like you're describing it in the, in the right direction, which is really like, it kind of starts with what's going on in your mind and how you're experiencing like going to the club or connecting with people. And, and then that's, that's where it's all starting from. Right. So it it doesn't start with like being with someone. You see hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Can like you explain that a little bit more? Like what's really different when you're with someone else is not that you are with that person, that that person has some kind of effect on you. What's really different is you know, your, your thinking might be different. You might allow yourself to be more relaxed and to, to be more in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, if that's how uh. your thought system works, you know, your mind is going to function differently when you're single or when you're in a relationship. Oh, that's, I, I just kind of put the two together right now, what you're saying to what I was saying. Yeah. And that's important, like for, our conversation for for your lovely listeners is that what we're saying is that what's going on in your mind and how you're relating to like what you're about to do like going to the club or enter into a conversation that's that's what's going to make the biggest difference so if you're actually single but your mind is kind of you can get your mind in the same mode as it would habitually be when you're in a relationship. Ooh, this is the secret right here, right? Yeah. Then, then you'd be like a winner all the time. Like imagine like walking into a club and you're actually in fact single, but your mind is really relaxed and diffuse and it's feeling like you're feeling very contented and not needy at all. And you're feeling very secure and you're feeling very confident and like, you know, how you would usually feel when you're with this attractive mate or whatever. And your whole experience of going to clubs and connecting with people would be different. And that's on offer. 
So you don't have to wait until you're actually in a relationship to have your mind functioning that way. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. That sounded really relieving to me when I heard you say that. So I'm imagining that other people are also feeling more relief that, oh yeah, I don't need that good feeling once I have it's, yeah, the, that's the attractive the mate on my side. Like that's I can feel that great. Potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like we often get into that, that mindset that once we get there, then we'll be happy. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're alluding to in, in a way, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are, are, can get really, really miserable, especially like when they don't have someone and they're like, oh my God, I don't have anyone. Look at, look at those people right there. They're having a great time. Like mm-hmm. I'm here by myself. I'm super lonely and not having a great time. But when I get that mate, then I'll be happy. Yeah. And there's another thing I realized about that. And that, um, that's really important, but hard to believe. Like I'm going to say it and you're going to say, ah, are you sure? Like, <laughs> here it goes. Okay. <laughs> I noticed that we make up this thing that like we're feeling a certain way now, but if only we had the perfect partner, we would feel completely different on a go forward basis. You know, like pretty consistently, you know, like let's say I feel lonely and alienated now, but if I had the perfect mate, I would feel connected and fulfilled and mm-hmm. joyful, you know, whatever. But the truth is, and that's the really hard to believe part. The truth is we tend to feel exactly the same way, whether we're in a relationship or not. Like if you're, if you feel sad and disconnected when you're alone, I guarantee you're still going to tend to feel sad and disconnected in a relationship. Like if you feel unsatisfied when you're alone, you are pretty certainly still going to tend to feel dissatisfied when you're in a relationship, regardless of how successful the relationship is and regardless of how amazing your partner is. Like you're going to tend to take your mindset with you even when your situation changes, you're going to, people tend to have like an average mental temperature. And over time, they tend to take that mental temperature with them everywhere, regardless of how much their circumstances change. And it's true in relationships, for sure. Like, it's absolutely true in relationships, but it's true for other things like like winning the lottery, like it has been proven that like, let's say the moment you win the lottery, of course, you're elated, you're super excited, you're happy, but quite soon your average level of happiness will go back to your average level of happiness you had before winning the lottery. So people who tended to be depressed before they won the lottery will have a little peak of happiness and then go back to their normal way of feeling. And people who tended to be really happy before winning the lottery will have their peak and then go back to their normal average over time. And by the way, the same is true with handicaps and stuff like that. Like, mm. like if, you, if all of a sudden like you have a big accident and you have a handicap, your happiness is going to temporarily drop, but you are, like statistically, your happiness is actually going to go back to the same average 
as it was before you had the accident. They mm -hmm. did research about this. Yeah, I've read something along the lines of, I think w within a year, people who have won the lottery lose all their money. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but their, their happiness is about the same. Yeah, happiness is about the same for sure. Some people lose the money, some people keep it, but definitely you, you would think that huge changes in your circumstances would have a huge and lasting impact on your well-being. Yeah. But it's not true. The only thing that can impact your well-being is if you actually change something from the inside. And then, then you can actually have like a huge shift in your level of well-being that's completely independent of circumstance. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that that's, that's what you said earlier. Eh, that's, that's, a, that's, a <laughs> that's a difficult one. That's, I think that's one's really hard to see. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like, warned like, you. I yeah, warned well, you, but I wanted to say it anyway. <laughs> yeah, because I know that, especially uh, my listeners, like maybe, maybe they haven't, or, well, let's say for, even for my listeners, it's, it might be hard to see that if, mm -hmm. if they're not there. Like, we think that if we win, the, if we win the, the grand prize of something, like if I win the Wimbledon, I will feel a certain way. Mm. Or In the moment. In the moment. And I'll feel pretty good in that moment. And, and if I had the most amazing girlfriend, that would also change. And that's the really well, hard let's, thing. Yeah. Let's look at it um, in the dating sphere because we're talking about dating and, and wooing and charming on this podcast. Um, I would ask every single person who's listening and you included and like me included, like if you actually think about the relationships you've had or the people you've dated, you know, whether you called that a, like a proper relationship or not, like if you just take a step back and you look at, you know, how you were feeling throughout your life and how you tended to feel when you were around these people, like you, you will most probably just have to come to the conclusion that like, you know, you had good times and bad times with the people that you're going to review, <laughs> but on average, your life wasn't that much better or that much worse when you were with that person. Like on average, you were still you and you still had the kind of feelings that you just tend to have. Like you, you still, you know, over the course of a relationship, you tend to just have the same kinds of ups and downs that you would have when you're single. I mean, it's, that's, it's like a real question. If you, if you take the time to kind of look at it, would you say that seems to be true for you or not really? Yeah, I think for the most part, I'm always going to go on my ups and downs for the most part. I mean, that's not for the most part. That is true. No, sometimes. No, every time. <laughs> maybe. No, like, no. Maybe. maybe. Sometimes. sometimes. Always. <laughs> Always. Every time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, yeah, it, it, well, that's true. But I, I know that 
when I thought that I was in love, for instance,、mm-hmm. with my my girlfriend, I'm not sure if I was really in love because I was more so just obsessed all the time. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like like I was almost like crazy, like hyperactively.、Mm-hmm. In you could almost say I was insecure in a sense because、mm-hmm. I was always afraid that she will. That she will leave me, or she will, she、yeah. will, she will leave. So I'm like, okay, okay, gotta keep her, gotta keep her. How do I keep her? So, so it was like, I'm so in love. What do I do? So, so I had so much thinking around it,、mm-hmm. and I perceived that as as love. I perceived that as infatuation. But to me, when I think about it today, when I think about it right this moment. It's like, well, I'm not sure if I was actually in love. I think I was just really, I was obsessed with the fantasy of it. Yeah, and and if I can phrase it differently, you were spending more time worrying about like losing her than actually enjoying her. Yeah, and when I was enjoying her, I was like, okay, I gotta enjoy this because I might not have this tomorrow. So you could say that I was I was worried, but I was also I I think that I was also enjoying be, enjoying it because I was afraid that it was going to be gone tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you know, if if I if if I was to look at this as a coach, I would probably want to know if that's just something you just tend to do in life, not just in relationships. You know, like.、Um, Do you tend to worry about what could happen if things went wrong, and you know, do you then like switch to, no, I really have to enjoy this because it, <laughs> I might lose it. Yeah, like and that might be just、mm-hmm. just the habit you have, like just the thinking habit. You know that that's actually kind of true because、uh, I remember like even a few months ago I went out with a, a bunch of friends that I haven't seen in a really long time, and. And it was it was it was, it was amazing. Like they were they were like like my, my girlfriends all came.、Uh, m- some of my new guy friends came, and then I was like, I must have a good time right now. So so I made sure that like I was again really hyperactive in that moment. Like <laughs> I, I need to make good moments, good、mm. memories, like for these、yeah. next few hours. Because how often does Janet come from? Drive all the way from、uh, like an hour away to visit. How often does、uh, my friend Adriana come out with us? How often does、uh, do these people come out? And and this type of event happened. I was like, okay, I must have a good time because I'm not going to have another of these good times. So I, I I and then someone pointed out that that out to me, and he said, Patrick, that sounds really tiring. And I thought about it. I'm like, you're right. That That is really tiring.、Yeah. Well, and and it proves my my point in a way that how you do one thing is how you tend to do everything, because you bring you bring your state of mind to anything you do, whether it's friendship, dating, working, working out, eating. You know, like we tend to have a habitual way of looking at things, and we. And it's generated within ourselves. Like it, it's, it happens in us, and we, so we we have to bring it everywhere because like you can't run away from yourself. Although sometimes we want to, right? But it's like everywhere you go, there you are. It's like what you hear, like 
you know, I thought I'd escape you in like if I went to Bali or if I met this perfect person or if I won the lottery, but like you're stuck with yourself, you know? Uh-oh, you guys are stuck with you. <laughs> but, but... Run, run as fast good, as you can. No, because the good news is if you, if you catch on to like how this works, then you can just start being more and more comfortable with yourself. And then that's what you'll bring everywhere, which means like you can start maybe feeling more comfortable within yourself when you're dating. And then you'll see that as you get better and better at enjoying dating, you will actually get better and better at enjoying all other aspects of your life as well. Mm -hmm. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So you can pick any area in your life and say, I'm just going to concentrate on enjoying myself and relaxing and being myself and not putting too much pressure on myself. And you're going to learn a skill that you can then apply to all other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I completely agree with that fact that how we do about every, anything is how we do everything. For instance, how I meet women is how I play tennis. <laughs> like mm -hmm. how I play tennis is, is how I think about, uh, you know, making fun videos. Like pretty much like whatever I do, I'm always transfer. Like I, I guess in, what I always try to transfer, I think, is I try to make everything art. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I think in my mind. Like when, when, I, when I play tennis, I'm not just playing tennis. I'm making art. <laughs> when I'm meeting women, I'm not just meeting women. I'm making art. When that's I'm making videos. Beautiful yeah, I'm not just state making of videos. mind. Yeah, so, so that's kind of like what I feel like. And, and that's kind of annoying to a lot of people too sometimes. Mm -hmm. like they're like, Patrick, sometimes it's about different things. Sometimes it's <laughs> about making things work also. Like... Uh, <laughs> So that sounds, sounds good to me though. Yeah. Well, I have one more question for you, Veronique for today. Mm -hmm. And, and that is, Oh wait, what, what was my question? <laughs> my oh, question oh. is, what is my question? Well, I cannot yes. answer that question. I'm sorry. Well, Veronique, I don't you need, know you need to get into my mind is. and answer it right now. <laughs> At first because... I need to tell you what the question is and then I have to answer it. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Other, other than that, I have another question for you, though. What do you think about when, when people are afraid of dating friends' friends? Well, kind of, like the sim kind of similar to earlier, co when, like, like, like co-workers, for instance. But mm -hmm. I think at one point, I didn't want to date friends' friends because I was afraid that, oh, if this goes wrong with this friend, then my friendship with this person will go wrong. Mm -hmm. And then... And then, well, hell will break loose. Like, yeah, well, I, I, I must point out that if you are actually genuinely being yourself and being truthful and honest and in the moment, chances are very, very slim that it's going to be one big disaster and it's going to ruin a friendship. In my experience. Like, it would ruin a friendship if you, if you try to play a role or play, or play games or um, like make up a persona and then, then it goes wrong. Because then you have this kind of icky, messy thing to explain, <laughs> you know? But if you're just truthfully, honestly, like being yourself and 
you know, and what I mean with that is like no one, when they're just being themselves, no one is just a selfish jerk. Mm-hmm. Because my, my conviction is that deep down we're all just good, decent human beings who just want to be happy and who just want to enjoy life. Like I don't think anyone deep down is just an evil, manipulative jerk. Like that's just like a persona we create to cover up our insecurity or whatever. But if you can manage to just be yourself, you're probably going to be a pretty nice, pretty compassionate, pretty kind person. But that's Nancy Klein called that the positive bias or something, something like that. So I adhere to that. Like, I just think we're fundamentally good. And I, when I tell people to be themselves, I mean, be that. You know, I don't mean, well, if you just happen to be a jerk, then just be a jerk. You know, that's not exactly mm. what I mean. Ooh, that's actually really different than what most people say. Like, if you're yeah. a jerk, be that jerk. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying you're not a jerk. Like, I'm, I'm convinced you're not a jerk. Like, no one is fundamentally a jerk. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. I need, I was going to write this down. I was like, don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> don't be an asshole. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because how, how we identify ourselves a lot of times is mm. by our worst traits. Mm. If we, for instance, have this idea running through our minds that I am not worthy, I'm not worthy. We tend to believe, well, that's my identity. That's who I am. I am not worthy. I'm not a worthy guy. Or like if it keeps running through your mind that you're not attractive, you're not attractive. You believe that your identity is that you are just not an attractive mm-hmm. person. And, yeah. and what you're saying is deep down, we all have well-being. We, we all are, if we go back to our, what our default is, we're all pretty good. We're all pretty yeah. good human beings, essentially. We're all okay. We're all all right. Yeah, we're all right. Like we're, we're capable of getting along with others and like we want the best for everyone. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're good, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we'll leave that at that. We're all good, everyone. <laughs> we're going very deep today. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I felt that. Well, Veronique. It was fantastic to talk to you as always. And just for a plug-in, if you have any plugins, how can people find you as always? Um, they can write me an email at veronique at pivetta.be, which is my first name, at my last name, .be. Or they can find me on Facebook, Veronique Pivetta Coaching, or they can check out my website. Like, if they want to find me, they'll find me. Okay. Fantastic. And, and if you guys want to check out more of the Wooist, just go to Wooist.com. Pretty simple too. So Veronique, fantastic to talk to you about taboo and taboo dating. <laughs> and we'll catch you guys next week on Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific time, if you would like to join us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.